0: Welcome, Highfalutin Ski-Bump Podcast, episode number 180. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much, just uh, getting back into the swing of things after last week's podcast. I heard a, a lot of funny comments, especially from my buddy Frank. Yes, last week, uh, His, I think my favorite comment of his, he's like, Brian was like an angry babysitter <laughs> during that episode. <laughs> That was, that was pretty awesome. Pretty accurate, I got to like, say. God damn it, you nailed it. <laughs> he absolutely nailed it. God damn it, he gets so mad. He can't, yeah. he, he, you know, the, the sound doesn't do it justice. You got to see him, the facial. Yeah, you really do need to see the facial expressions to appreciate <laughs> the anger. But yes, but this is a new week. Yeah. Different What's frame of mind, on. different point of view. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. And if you are a frequent visitor of the site, you will see a new coat of paint has been thrown on the site. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Been smashing away at it all summer, changing some of the functionality, giving a little more... Texture, a little more fun, a little more uh, interactive. A little polish. A little polish definitely. Definitely some more polish. So that's up and live now. Redid the whole footer area. Just made it a better experience all around. So please, if you would, check it out. SkiBumpPodcast.com. We still have the shop there. com slash shop. But talking to the printer should have some new stuff there in the next few weeks, which is awesome. We're excited about that. Check us out on the socials Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps. Sign up for the newsletter. You might get some interesting information about yes. upcoming events. Yeah, right? the website has more ways for you to subscribe to the newsletter now. And I think I turned off that annoying pop up that always comes up. It's one of those things like you think you turn it off, but it's almost like it's like herpes. So, you know, you think it's gone. <laughs> And then it just comes back in like a month, like that kind of thing. Allegedly, it's kind of like our logo on on uh, iTunes Podcast. Oh, gonna, that's on the list. It's like embedded in there, like a freaking worm or something. Like, yeah, you have to. Is... You know what it is? You can't just upload a new. Like, you can't override the same URL. You have to create a new URL, change your RSS feed with that new URL for the logo, in order for it to override it. It's like the white whale. We've been chasing that thing for a while. Yeah. I know it's been like years. But of course, it's Our intern still working. Is fired. So like, Our intern is goddamn fired. Gonna have, have, have a hefty talk with them. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So go to your favorite podcasting apps like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. They those are the work. big three. iHeartRadio. What else is out there? Whatever ones you go check out. Go to those. SoundCloud, go to Pinterest, wherever you're going, go there. Check us out. YouTube also, we're there. A lot of stuff. YouTube. This is going to be on YouTube, this video. Yes. Unedited and we probably the, the edited one. Oh, yeah. We tube it up. And if you want, hit us up with an email, ski podcast at gmail.com. We're accepting sponsors. We'll send you stickers. We got a lot of stuff going on. If you want to get to us, that is probably DMing us on Instagram are probably the best ways. We've been a little slow this week, but that's because life's been happening. Been working on this podcast uh, website redesign. But reaching out to future sponsors and people were connecting with it at various shows just to bring you good content and information. Like, oh yeah, not going on. And we've been focusing a lot on the event we spoke about last week. We have our big pre-season Apre Ski Party with our friends Rich from All About Apre and Jill from Jill Beth Travel. We're putting it all together. The three of us are hosting it. It is going to be in Red Bank, New Jersey on October 18th at the Red Tank Brewery. Boom. There is a post on Instagram, on all the socials. We have a blog post on the website. Check it out. Ooh, excuse me, but we will be there uh, for a couple hours that night. There's gonna be a band playing after they make great beers there. We're just gonna get together. We're gonna just discuss, you know, what we're doing, reaching out to people, just getting people fired up for the ski season live so and can... in person. That yeah, would be so great. If you can make it, go to the website and go to the blog and. Uh, that's where the sign up information is. It is an RSVP event. We have a very limited number of spots. We're about a third of the way full already after two days. So this is going to sell—not sell out. It doesn't ch- cost any money to go to it, but it's going to fill up really quick. So hopefully, if you want to go, you're going to get out there. You got that check dude out. we met at Icarus? You got to sign up for this because we got to meet you again. Yeah. So we can Bring apologize. I'm going <laughs> to tattoo your name on my forearm so I'll never forget it. <laughs> i'll i'll watch the tattoo happen okay perfect well you can give it to me you can just give me an old-fashioned prison tattoo at the brewery there you go there you go prison tattoos at the brewery yes that that could be a we'll put that on a meetup there you go who wouldn't go who wouldn't free free prison tattoos we we choose the tattoo of course that's right it's probably gonna be garfield (laughs) like a really crappy garfield thank you again so much for listening and with that, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for Pray today. Oh yeah, there it is. So you are back in studio, trying to get back to our roots. Brian, you want me to start this one off? I'll start. I off. would love for you to start this off. All right. So I started off with a nice drink, and I sent you the uh, the picture for that, so you could put that on the uh, the website. But uh, right now I'm drinking a Rockstar Exhurance oh, <laughs> to supplement, and it's the marshmallow flavor. And I tell you what, I like Rockstar Monster Monster. I like better. I think that's my favorite. Like out of the flavors, this one is. It's a good marshmallow flavor, but it's creepy because it tastes like marshmallow. Who wants a marshmallow beverage? Well, I love how they advertise. It's vegan. <laughs> it's vegan. It has electrolytes. <laughs> it's kind of it plants crave zero calories bcaa aminos that's the big thing like now the uh a lot of the drinks are are advertising that they're uh workout drinks i'm like yeah i don't this will make your heart explode Is about it if you're playing listen playing video games is not Damn. working out all right oh, it seems yeah. like the the kind of crowd they're going for here oh i saw a whole show where they were talking about kids in uh what is it i think it was korea where they Probably have south these- korea yeah yeah they have these um video game places that you go in and they say people just die there and they don't even know that they're dead because <laughs> are just sitting there fucking with like glasses on just like playing and they just fucking die from like dehydration they say mainly dehydration they say kids sit in there for like hours they just get, go away from home unregulated and they just sit in these fucking just play video games all the whole time well they gotta set up like an iv situation there too then just plug yourself in that's you that. keep yourself hydrated saline drip that's our next big marketing thing. We're going to go highfalutin hydration at these places. Oh, it's like the modern day opium den. It's crazy. I got to look it up. We got to do this for a story. That's got to, we got to go to Hong Kong and we, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Korea, and we got to, we get experiences. We'll have to have Harry be our, uh, our translator and our nice. chauffeur. That, that would work. That would be really cool. And then we go skiing at that. There's that the island between Korea and Japan. Supposed to have like ridiculous powder, really? Is that not? That's not Hokkaido's off of Japan. No, it's not Japan, it's between Japan and Korea. I forget if we watched a video, like a movie about it, or read it in some magazine, but it was this like incredible place. All right, that came up as a search. Let's see, Dokdo Tak Islets. So they're saying it's they call it Leon Rocks. So Japan and Korea are disputing, is that the one? Maybe that's it. So think about this. You're, you're getting fresh powder. You're skiing down. And all of a sudden, fucking bombs are going up because they're like fighting over the island. It's like the, uh, the Kashmir. Damn. Of Southeast Asia. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. But right now for my official opere, uh, I went back with a little throwback from Italy. Uh, and I went back with a nice little Negroni. So my, uh, my ice has melted, but I'm still drinking this one. Mm, 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 mm. so what exactly is in a negroni so if you never had a negroni a negroni is definitely acquired taste but it's a very good cocktail especially like you could have it after after food or you could even have it before food because it has bitters in it um so it is equal parts of dry gin campari and vermouth rosso or sweet vermouth um and It tastes a little bitter, but it's, it's weird. Has a little bit of orange peel in it. Um, I think in this one I put orange and I put, um, a little bit of lime. So it's the Campari. Uh, That's the bitter. The Campari is bitter. And I tell you what, it's fucking expensive too. So we ran out and it's equal parts, right? So we bought, you know, we, we measure it out. So you run out of all three at the same time when you're done with, you know, making these, right. Mm -hmm. So you go to the store, you're like, all right, now I went to Costco, I got the gigantic gin. And then I'm like, all right, I need Campari and I need, you know, vermouth. So you get the regular, you know, 70, um, 750 milliliter sizes. And I go up to, to get rung up and it's like 45 bucks. I'm like, I think the, the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, vermouth was cheap and i'm like how much was the compara was like 33 or 35 bucks i'm like god damn ouch but it's not meant to chug a lug you know it's a it's a nice little one little drink it's bitter uh but i tell you once you start drinking like the first time you drink you're like ah i don't know if i like it and then you keep drinking and you're like you get to the end of it you're like all right i'll have another you know what i mean like your palate's in that frame of mind then um, but it's good as a digestive and it's good um it's good for a cocktail. You wanna just sit down, have a nice little cocktail, maybe have a little food to nosh on. There's a nice little bitter bitter ball that'll hit you right right in the uh it'll it'll wake your taste buds up, which is it's nice. a drink to have, but you don't want to drink too much. <laughs> exactly in a way that's a very valuable thing to have because if you know when you have something like a margarita you know i may have i i was making them last saturday night we were just sitting at home watching some tv and i was like i have a margarita then i'm like oh that was really good i'll have another margarita that was really good i'm gonna have a third margarita and then it was just like passed Mm -hmm. out on the couch because again they're so delicious that you can just keep drinking them you want to drink that's not it's OK, but not amazing because you don't want to again be just drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. So yeah, I can see where the Negroni would would have a special place. And I tell you, what, a lot of people don't know about it, but a lot of people in the know know about it or have heard about it. So the link that I have on there for the recipe is an article for Esquire that tells you how to make the compa- uh, how to make the Negroni. Um, but they actually have a little bit of history on it. And they're saying it's picked up quite a following. And they're saying Ernest Hannaway. Ernest Hemingway was a noted fan of the drink and the late Anthony Bourdain frequently made him for his film crew while on the road. Um, So it's kind of cool. Like people that know, you know, fine things are like, Hey, you know what? These are good once in a while. So let's be honest. Hemingway was a fan of everything. Oh yeah. But you know what? This helps. uh, It actually helps your stomach, man. It's pretty cool. It was the, uh, it was a couple of years ago. One of my summer trial drinks was the Hemingway Daiquiri, oh, which I'm trying to remember. It was some kind of rum. I forget which one. If it was a, whatever rum it was supposed to be, I didn't have it and used a different one. I think it was white rum, huh. and then it's got grapefruit juice, Ligjardo, that which is like that cherry liqueur. Yeah, that's the Maraschino liqueur. It's actually well, it's like a. You know, like the fancy cherries you get in the mm-hmm. Manhattans if you go to a good place? That's that Luxardo one. That's They make a, a cherry liqueur too. Nice. It's not like a maraschino. I don't think it's maraschino. It's like a really good cherry, not a crappy cherry. Okay. There may have been something else in there too, but those were weird. They were okay. For some reason, it tasted really dry. I don't know if it was the. That cherry liqueur has a weird. It, it almost makes your tongue feel dry. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Huh. Cool. Yeah, no. I just think there's something to the art of making a cocktail and I really appreciate it because I've had stuff that I've made at home and I'm like, okay, good. I, you know, I'm pretty good with mixing stuff together and I, and I like my nice cocktails and I'll follow a recipe and then tweak it and I get my little favorites. But I tell you, when you go out and you have a real bartender, like a mixologist kind of bartender knows what they're doing, they can make you some really good stuff. God mixologist. Yeah. God damn. It's a, it's really an art form. Yeah. Yeah. There was a place that we went to in Philly a couple of years ago and it was really cool because it was like a speakeasy. There was no sign on the place. It was just our friends knew of it. We, we went in, it was like a downstairs in a basement of like a regular business. I love real speakeasies. And it was so cool because it was, it was just cocktails. Didn't have any beer. It was all cocktails and it was kind of takes on classics. So, you know, one of my favorite cocktails is the Manhattan. You know, you're talking your rye or bourbon, a little bit of the, uh, the Rosso, the sweet vermouth, bitters, done. Maybe a cherry oh, or two. Yeah. But they would take twists on that. So they'd have like a Brooklyn, they'd call it, or like a Hoboken. So it would be like slight variations of the classics. And they have right. all different kinds of cocktails. The place was outstanding. I mean, thing is, every drink was like 15 bucks. So. <laughs> You know, but you, you don't like, mind paying that if you're getting something that you're never going to get somewhere else that tastes awesome. And you know what? You're definitely sipping that. You're not chug lugging You're not doing shots of it. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting like a gentleman with some friends, having a nice cocktail, and having a conversation. You're not just chugging. Yeah. No. And again, I've, I've been telling this story for years because it's one of the coolest bars I've ever gone to. You know, just the whole location of it the you know the weird speakeasiness of it and the great cocktail so yeah Yeah. it was well done i like the idea of a speakeasy it's like you know they're so good or it's it's so cool that people want to go and they'll just tell you where it is rather than some big advertising and because then you're going to get shot girls and you're going to get you know bud light half price you know you're going to get things like that and they're like no we're, we're not about that We're about marshmallow rock star with some freaking cherries in there. Some Luxardo liqueur. Ooh, cherry, marshmallow, rock star. How about that? Look at that. I still think (laughs) they got to make, you know, I think if anyone could do it, it'd be rock star. They should have like marshmallow cocaine. Mocaine. It's Mocaine. 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 (laughs) Miami Vice Mocaine. (laughs) Miami Vice Mocaine. (laughs) Like I don't even know how they make marshmallows, but there's definitely got to be someone who's putting cocaine into that formula, dude. Miami Vice. What was the car? Is the Ferrari? That I they, think had? they had a Ferrari, yeah. So a white Ferrari, but the color would be Mocaine. Mocaine. pretty they badass, right there. Works perfect for Miami, right? <laughs> Mocaine. All right, what do you, what do you got going now? I am sticking with my theme for the month. I think I've had an Icarus beer. The entire month, every one of the episodes. You're flying Icarus Wings, man. You got to watch out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that brewery is making some really good beers. And I feel like it's, uh, you know, I mentioned the Manhattan a little bit earlier. I want to start making some cocktails. and That's kind of my go-to, but it's still a little too warm. I like to have things kind of below 60 degrees before I even entertain pumpkin, anything before I entertain cocktails like that. I just want to let you know I had a shipyard pumpkin the other day. It's good. Did you? I tried. I, I bought, I've been trying to buy different creamers lately. I'm trying to get away from like milk in my coffee. Yeah. I'm using my butter when I'm home, but I'm like, we going to work. I try to, you know, use the powder stuff. Nice. And I, I found the one I love. I love the uh, Laird Hamilton. He makes that tumeric, turmeric, turmeric. I've seen the creamer. Laird Hamilton. You have, you, you buy, oh, buy that dude, one. I love the yellow turmeric one. But it's the powder, right? Yeah, yeah, it's powder. I saw that in the store the other day. I was like, you know, maybe I should start trying some it's of this. Awesome. It's and really I saw it. I was like, I just, you know, you don't want to buy a big ass thing for, you know, that's 20 like some bucks for like the pound bag. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, do they have a sample thing? Cause I don't know if I'm going to like it. You know, yeah. well, I if you don't I like I've, it, just give it, ship it up to me or I'll come, <laughs> I'll come get it. But I've never liked any powdered, like, Stuff like that, so I'm like, I I don't want to buy it to try it, you know. I've bought three powdered ones at like TJ Maxx, you know, like they'll have those there. Oh yeah, one of them was really good, the other two were dog shit. Like really, actually, I bought four. One was good, three sucked. I tried the pumpkin keto creamer today. It tasted like someone dipped a pumpkin in.
1: Pumpkin dicks saccharine. in
0: there? In like saccharin and ass. It was just. <laughs> it tastes like pumpkin dicks. That's it, it was just like that, like that gross saccharin fake
1: yeah. sweetener taste. It it's was like,
0: like overly sweet, like just totally fake tasting. Like, oh, there was that. It was so disgusting. It's like sweet asbestos. That's the flavor. <laughs> sweet asbestos. Yeah. Which was the original title of Sweet Caroline. And then <laughs> Neil Diamond decided. They like, oh, that, that's when they found out it was bad like oh we got to change that yeah right at that time like exactly it's good timing on his part that's that corning and that's it sweet asbestos sweet asbestos with pumpkin spice pumpkin so, so cinnamon and whatever that's nutmeg whatever they call so lared hamilton spice. you get him at um tj Max. no i got that at, uh amazon oh okay yeah because i wonder tj maxx has some cool stuff once in a while and uh bed bath and beyond now has their little international section which is cool yeah um but yeah i found uh laird hamilton i saw that in like the public's here i was like damn i just don't want to spend that much money to try it's actually really really good it's way better than any of the other ones that i've had i'm gonna have to go on your recommendation because i got your recommendation for the costco um coffee coffee you put that's what i make in the morning my costco coffee with my laird hamilton turmeric creamer and boom nice it just goes right into my it been fasting i'm good for a couple hours after that and then have my breakfast or lunch at that point i just got the jamaican one from uh from costco that's pretty good is that good yeah it's like uh the hell they call it i don't know it's a state-grown jamaican coffee i was like pretty damn good nice damn good Alright, so stick with my Icarus here. Icarus. Icarus. We're back. <laughs> yes, we're back. So we had a couple of IPAs over the last couple of weeks. A lot of those big lactosey beers that I really enjoy. I think last week was that um, was the bank kitty, which had the lemongrass and all that lactose. This week, pineapple. Hindenburg is the beer oh, we're going with. That's just a nice... Anytime you use Hindenburg in there, and then it's like kind of nice because it's pineapple i I'm like, that sounds pretty damn good. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the so humanity. this is an American Pale Ale with pineapple, obviously, and habanero. It is 6.2% by volume. It is oated and belted American Pale Ale, heavily dry hopped with lupulin, citra, and experimental brew one. Conditioned on habanero peppers and an overwhelming amount of fresh pineapple. Hmm. Very cool. I was expecting more pineapple of the flavor here. What'd you get out of it? Um, you know, it's just (laughs) less pineapple. Is it heavy uh, habanero? You taste that a lot? You definitely get the habanero afterwards. Oh, it's the after. it's, it's, It's just the right amount. So that's know, like you, you could drink like a whole, little, a big sip, and you're like, "Oh, there's no habanero in here," and then you stop, and then you're like, "Oh, now it's hitting." You kind of get it right at the end, like you get the flavor and you get the heat after that. Yeah, that's the, that's the sneak up on you, kind of. Hey, you know what? There's a habanero in here. It's a little more bitter than I would have expected. It's not, it's not as hot as the drink, the martini you got at the at the was oh like those knife? Caminos. No, fork and knife when we were in Atlantic City. Knife and oh, uh, what's the name of that knife place? Is... Knife and fo- oh, fork and fork and spoon. Oh my god, god why are we forgetting? A knife and fork, I think it's not, it's gotta be knife and fork, right? Yeah, let's see. Knife and fork, it's Clark gotta City. be. Yeah, that was oh, that yeah, was like that's a, a historic Atlantic City. That was like a jalapeno margarita, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that was. Yeah. And it was like, you were like sweating, drinking it. Like, Dude, that like altered my DNA, man. That was a, that was a rough one. you're trying to like, you're trying to get through lobster Thermidor. Lobster motherfucking Thermidor. I felt like such a fancy man that night. (laughs) Dude, but the thing is like, you're sweating and we're like, just, just have something else, man. You'll enjoy your food better. You're like, no, I'm not wasting it. Like, you yeah, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> said it was good. It was just hot as fuck. Yeah, it was really hot. <laughs> well, this one is not nearly that hot, obviously. But you do get a little bit. You get the heat that's letting you know it's there. It's not. Uh, it's not going to burn your house down. It just may uh, may singe the curtains. So that sounds like it would be good with food, right? Like what kind of food? Yeah, probably spicy food. I know. One time I had a different brewery. Uh, brewery. They made a mango habanero, and I had that with chili, and that was just unbelievable. Nice. There's pretty a mango fun. habanero. Um, House of House of Beers makes one down here. That's really good. That's a mango habanero. Founders made it a couple of years ago, like a special edition one that was awesome. Mm. This one, this would probably be good. I again, maybe Thai food. You know, some spicy Thai food. Some oh. kind of like a or even like a, a uh, pineapple fried rice. Go better if well. it's unspicy and you spice it up with the beer. I could do that too. So nice. yeah, this is this is pretty good. Um, I've I was reading online before the reviews, they said this batch, people, well, you know, everyone's got a goddamn opinion. People were saying that the previous versions of it were better. Because again, they make it, you know, every once in a while, whenever they have the ingredients available and they make it when they can. So, you know, obviously it's never going to be exactly the same because not all your ingredients will taste exactly the same. Hmm. Now the bitterness you get afterwards on this, again, it's a bit surprising because most of the Icarus beers have like no... Bitterness afterwards. Well, I lactose think lactose that smooths it out. The right? lactose smooths it out. And this one doesn't have any yeah. lactose. So that probably explains why. But again, very tasty, very drinkable. Uh, it's it's a, again, another fun beer from Icarus. So they're just making killer beers over there. It's very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't think we have any other news in the. Uh, no, uh, White Claw shortages again. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. I mean, white claws, I tell you what. So this week we were on the hunt. So we powered through. We did find the black cherry white claws. So my girl was happy. She was like, I got my my white claws. Then we started drinking them, watching football. We're like, you know what? I'm tired of beer. I'm a little bloated. Let's drink some white claws. So now we had to go find another place that had the black cherry. There's like a shortage of like mangoes everywhere and the mix pack. But if you're looking for black cherry, it's like tough. You got to like, like find out, like, do, have you heard a rumor? Are there white claw, like black cherries around somewhere? It's weird. It's the really 2015 weird. heady topper. Oh, it is so it weird. Like seltzers. I'm like, I saw, we should not have to look hard for these. All no, right, <laughs> I, uh, I saw truly on draft at a place this week. Oh, is that a thing? Like I guess, truly. is that like, that's the one you said was gross, right? Yeah, I to me it was gross. Uh, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch one of the games on Sunday, and Buffalo Wild Wings carries Truly. They don't carry White Claw or the Spike Seltzer. So it's like I Pepsi actually, or Coke. It's like one or the other. It's uh, well, Truly is. I think that's Coors, right? I think we, that was part of the thing. Might have been, yeah. So Truly Coors um, White Claw was bought by um, Anheuser Busch InBev. And then there's spike seltzer, which are also really good. I actually like those, but they're a little bit harder to find. I don't think they mass produce them as much. Um, and there's a few other ones that have come out, but. There's no marshmallow white claw yet, right? No. And I don't know, man, drinking something with marshmallows just, oof. I knew it was going to be bad. And of course the kid, he's like 12, like driving this big-ass monster truck. It was kind of cool because we're like, hey, can we see the truck and stuff? And we're, like, jumping on it and stuff. And he's like, hey, you guys want some stuff? We're like, yeah. He's like, I got to <laughs> take a picture, of, you know, getting it so that my boss knows. I'm like, yeah, we know how it works. <laughs> like, just give us the damn whatever we want, and then we'll we'll leave. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's a very popular flavor. I'm like, Among now who? I'm having it. Now I'm having it. And I'm like, ah, it's all right. But I don't know. It's just weird. It's just too weird. Ugh, so, i mean I, was, I, I respect them trying to branch out but yeah so i was watching the office with bodie because he had um he had stripped there all week in the last two days and we're watching reruns of the office and it's funny they have the guys that won if you ever watch the office you know the the guys in the warehouse won the lottery they all left and then some of them start coming back because they spent all their money and <laughs> these two guys come back and they're like we spent all our money on a uh on a soft drink that was geared towards um, gay Asians or something like that. And they have this messed up can, like you would see in like Japan, like has like the, all the, the weird font and everything. And they're like, yeah. And, and the guy's like, Oh, what's the flavor? And he's like, I gotta try it. And like, he's like, Oh man, that's bad. And he's like, what's that flavor? And like coconut penis. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, it's horrible. It's kind of like that. They're coming up with stuff that you shouldn't even come up with. Put it in your peanut coccolatas. Oh, goddamn. Nasty. At least mm. they're trying, right? You know, it almost tastes like a cream soda. Like, cream soda is kind of cool, right? No, it's weird. doesn't make any sense to me. Who's but, putting cream in the soda and think that's a good idea? <laughs> you might want, want, want Coca Cola and half and half. you make that happen? Actually, have you ever had soda, like Coke or Pepsi with milk? No. It's actually not bad. Like a Coke float or something. It tastes very, it tastes weirdly familiar. Like you're drinking almost like a coffee drink with a lot of cream in it. Very strange. And a lot of sugar. Yeah. I would say just try it just to try it and say it's gross, but I'm not going to try it. it. Yeah. It won't make you power vomit. This might make you power vomit. If you power down this, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's like, what's the record for the number of these having drunk in like a minute. This must be marshmallow penis because it's just like <laughs> it's weird. I keep drinking it because it's weird. But I don't know why. You have some trippy ass dreams tonight. Oh dude, I am gonna be like wide awake at like I've been waking up at like two in the morning lately. Mm-hmm. It's cause I'm you're drinking I'm like marshmallow a, monsters there. Or I'm what? like a baby, I'm off cycling or something. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I'm like, <laughs> this goddamn stuff is probably gonna get me right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the gendula. Getting into the gandula. Getting into the old gandula again. We don't have a bean, right? We, we kind of are... We're getting we get away from the bean lately. Yeah, we're we'll okay. get a moratorium on the bean for, for temporary. Nothing wrong with that. It'll come back. Yes. The bean is strong. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually... Frank, start if you're with out there, the bean is strong, bro. We, we, we believe in it. I'm actually going to start with the third story. All right. Because this story... Flippity flopping. I like it. Positively infuriated me this week oh hell yeah this is good i was posting it on facebook and twitter and so declaring public health emergency governor charlie baker announces temporary ban on sale of vaping products so this is the governor of massachusetts they are banning vape products for the next four months he declared Wait, a public how can you ban it for four months. You either ban it or you don't he declared a public health emergency and announced a temporary ban which will affect all devices and all flavored and non flavored vaping products made with both nicotine and marijuana. Because huh. Massachusetts legalized marijuana a couple so years can ago. Can you say I'm allowing crack for like two days? Like Can you do the same thing? If you could ban it for like four months, can you like allow it for a few days? This is what pissed me off so much about this was that what nine people have died across the country. Yeah. But yet 480,000 people die of cigarettes every year. And no one is even remotely thinking about trying to ban cigarettes. All right. And while you were saying that for opioids, overdose synthetic opioids they're saying about in this year so they're saying opioids they're talking about almost fifty thousand overdose deaths in 2017 right i'm sure it's about probably a little higher than that now I, I gotta say like you they're talking about vaping being the worst thing in the world and you still got fucking opioids like people just like still taking that shit yeah yeah, no one's banning opioids, no one's banning cigarettes, but for some reason, this ass clown decides he's going to ban vaping, all ass vapes, for yeah. four months. They're, they're talking to people, like, people open these shops up, you know, vape shops, <laughs> exclusively just to sell vaping products. And you again, yeah. I'm not saying it's the best thing, it's the healthiest thing, everyone should do it, but again, I believe you should be able to put in your body whatever the hell you want if it's not hurting somebody else. And they still allow people to smoke cigarettes and they, they still allow cigarettes. They have these fucking horrible commercials on at dinnertime that you see somebody with like a fucking hole in their throat smoking and still talking out of this. And, and like it's fucking horrible. But, well, they show the dissection of like a lung. lung. They're, they're still letting people smoke, but they're going to ban these things. There's then, been only 61 vaping related illnesses in the state of Massachusetts. So for that, they're going to ban the whole thing. All this seems like is they're trying to. Eliminate any of these small businesses so that them and their buddies can come in and reopen them back in January and get in full profits. Boom. That's right. This is such a dirty, disgusting move by the fucking politicians. And again, they always frame it in a way that think they're trying to protect you. Oh, well, you know, what if the children got a hold of these vapes? They they always framed the exact same bullshit way. Yeah oh, we're concerned about the public health. No, you're fucking not. You're just getting pure pissed off that people are making money and they got in there and took a chance and you assholes who already have most of the money are trying to get more of it. They're only concerned about what's popular to be concerned about as per the public media. That's all they're concerned about. If you come out and you say, I'm really worried about fucking uh, aliens coming to the U.S., Aliens coming to the U.S. would be the next fucking topic these assholes would be talking about. It just yeah. pisses me off because they're not they're not going out looking out for us in in real time. They're looking out for us in reaction to social media and what's popular. It's yeah. it's fucked up. Oh, uh, it's just pandering. It's pandering, and it's 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 bullshit. A it's pandering, pl- motherfuckers. They didn't even like give people warnings. Like if you're a business owner, like you're screwed. You're out of business. Yeah. You're you're basically put out of business. So if you have a vape shop, close up shop. And now if you're a vape right. shop in one of the surrounding states, you are in luck over the next four months. You'll make a goddamn fortune. The thing about it, if you took all your money, you said, I want to open up a small business. It's already a pain in the dick to open a small business because it's, it's tougher now than it used to be. But that aside, you scrounge up the money, get a loan, whatever. Let's say you take your life savings, you put it into your little fucking vape shop, hanging out there. And all of a sudden they come out with this. You're like, I'm going to go fucking bankrupt. I have to sell it. Lose all my money. And what are you going to do now? Yeah. How are you going to recover? They said that, you know, the press conference, that we need to pause sales in order for our medical experts to collect more information about what is driving these life-threatening vaping-related illnesses. You know what they're going to fucking find? I'll tell you right now. It's all the black market shit that people came up with, not the regular regulated um, name brand stuff that they're actually stopping it's going to still keep happening by the people that are making the, the cheap black market crap. But even if it's the regulated stuff, like it's been approved by the FDA. It's the fact that people are doing it like fucking 20 hours a day or 10 hours a day. They're vaping. Like that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you know what? At some point you got to take ownership for doing your own thing. If you know, it's bad for you and you stop now. Okay. You have problems. I have sympathy for you. But if you know it's bad for you and you're like, ah, fuck it. I don't really want to stop. You want us to keep smoking cigarettes? Fine. I got no sympathy for you. I mean, that's just, that's bad, but you you know, it's going to kill you. Yeah. People who like, if you run 20 hours a day, it's bad for you. If you play video games, 20 hours a day, if you beat off 20 hours a day, like all that shit is bad. So they're going to ban alcohol sales as well because they're dangerous hazards to your health. They yeah. cause chronic symptoms. They cause people to get run over by drunk drivers. They're going to do that too. Oh, oh. definitely. That's that's on the horizon. Oh, wait a minute. That's yeah. next. Oh, oh, oh. Much money, so. but actually, you know what? All those lobbyists should be worried because it sets precedence to say, Hey, we have an epidemic. We have a lot of people getting drunk around, you know, New Year's. So let's ban all alcohol sales during the month of December to January. Yeah. All right. That'll solve it. Oh, a hundred percent. Definitely. Dude. Like no one's you, gonna go underground, those, go to dude, a different state. Again, I see those fucking buses rolling around town. They're like, oh, stop the spread of of hepatitis A. Uh, go get the vaccine. That's not the solution. The solution is as a government, go out and fucking regulate these places so you don't have people that are not washing their hands and serving food. That's fucked up. It's so nasty. That's not the solution. You're 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 trying to address the solution by making it someone else's problem when you're not addressing the problem itself. Yeah. You know, then Then, then why even have a a fucking uh, FDA or why have any regulation on food then? We can't tell people that they're stupid and lazy because, you know what? They're potential voters. And if you say that to them, they're going to get all pissed off and they're not going to vote for you. So they're victims. Oh, my God, this is you're a victim. We're going to try to fix what's happening to you. That's the attitude they take. So there's no consequence to their action. There's only a consequence to your action for actually frequenting a local establishment. Really? Really? Fuck that much. I think you shut them down and say, hey, when you're clean and you can actually serve food or whatever, then you can open back up again. But yeah, this is infuriating. So, so fuck you, governor of Massachusetts. This is a bullshit decision. And I'm so pissed. I'm even more pissed off. And I'll tell you why because I allegedly was supposed to go to goddamn Massachusetts this weekend (laughs) and was hoping to pick up some goddamn alleged cannabis vapes. And now I'm the one who got screwed over. So I'm extra pissed off about this. Thanks, Becky, you douchebag. Oh, you f- dick. Well, so the thing that really bothers me about this is, okay, so there's been no study. They don't have any linkage. They don't have any idea of what's going on. So all they're going to do is shut it down. Pretty much. They gotta, they're gotta. they going to do their study now with, yeah. I don't know what. So let's shut it down and do the study. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Wait a minute. You already allowed it. Mm-hmm. So now you're saying my bad, let's shut it down. But like, like you said, people's livelihoods and everything are, are, are geared into this. So yep. I think it's chicken shit, chicken shit, chicken shit, baker. I agree. Thanks chicken shit, baker. All right. You want to get more infuriated. Let's uh, talk about this next one. Cause I think this will get you a little piped up, Brian. I know how you like getting all wound mm-hmm. up about this. Mm-hmm. So cannabis research pioneer hopes the latest discovery is not overlooked again. So decades after Raphael McCullum links CBD with treating epilepsy, his latest finding may help develop new drugs for psoriasis, arthritis, and anxiety. So Raphael McCullum, an Israeli organic chemist, And professor of chemistry at Hebrew University of Jerusalem uh, remembers a letdown after his groundbreaking discoveries surrounding the structure of the cannabis compounds CBD and THC in 1963 and 64, followed by clinical tests with CBD published in 1980. So after he published these studies, not much happened. He said, said, sadly, it took more than 30 years before his clinical work on using CBD or cannabis cannabidol, cannabidol, to treat epilepsy became widely accepted. And the only reason it did, and we know this from, like, there's been a bunch of documentaries and a bunch of stuff. It was basically proven by a self-trial by people where they were actually taking it and then reporting the results. So it's pretty fucked up, right? Like, he actually did studies on it. They ignored it. And then people were like, we're taking it anyway, because it's the only thing that's helping our kids, like, stop having, you know, epileptic seizures. Um... So now they're actually going back to his research and they're building a foundation of like, you know, the benefit of it on that. Um, And they're saying there's a new drug, Epidolex that treats seizures associated with two rare forms of epilepsy. And that was approved approved by the FDA last year. So it's kind of like now he's getting resurgence. But even how that work laid the foundation for modern cannabis industry and understanding how cannabis interacts with the human body, he has more research that has just come out. So we presented just this past Monday in a medical cannabis conference in Pasadena, California. They developed a process for creating synthetic stable acids found within the plant, um, include acid versions of CBD and THC, now available licensing companies for uh, drug development. And they're saying that that can actually be used to treat issues such as psoriasis, arthritis, anxiety, anxiety and inflammatory bowel disease. So this hits me personally because I have psoriasis um, and it's fucking horrible. And I tell you what, talking to doctors, they're like, you know, they don't know why psoriasis happens. They have some suspected reasons why they think it might be part of the immune systems, not doing something right. Uh, could be where they were scarring because I have a lot of scarring where I used to, you know, play baseball and do carpet and, various stupid things I used to do. Uh, and I had a lot of scarring on, you know, on my legs and stuff like that. And that's where the psoriasis shows up. So they have theories on, well, it could be the scar tissue. It could be the way the body's not processing salt or something properly or, or things in the liver, but they don't know. And then to treat it, they give you creams, they give, I take injections. So I'll go to the, I'll go to the, um, the, uh, Dermatologist, and I'll get like twenty or thirty shots under the skin of to calm everything down. It's uh, crap. I forgot the name of it, but they'll give me little injections, and you know it'll clear up for a little while, like maybe a month or two, and then it starts coming back. And then they give you creams. It's horrible, you know. And I don't have it that bad. There are people that have it on their face, on their on their, you know, and it's just bad. Not to mention all the other stuff that it could help treat, which is just inflammatory bowel disease, anxiety, arthritis. I mean, God forbid you come out with something that can treat anxiety better than all the other pharmaceutical drugs that are out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is, again, it's, you know, it's just got such a bad reputation, cannabis. I mean, it's, it's changed a lot, obviously, in the last you know decade or so. But I mean, I couldn't imagine this guy in the 60s coming up with these studies. You know, again, I, I'd probably be the same way as these, the people, you know, putting it down and saying it's not true because it was so just beaten into you. Yeah. That pot just makes you stupid. You know, that propaganda worked so well for so long. And now, again, studies like this are coming out. There's so much new information. People are actually getting to try it themselves. They're getting a firsthand experience instead of depending on a textbook written by a company who's invested in a pharmaceutical company who wants to make sure you don't use this instead of their product. You know, we're we're seeing that that's sort of been the pattern for a long time now. Then uh this article too, they talked to several different spokespeople for that work with pharmaceutical companies and they're like, you know, they're always making the typical, you know, corny kind of jokes or so the saying that, well, you know, marijuana is not really a, we're not into drug research. We're into, you know, studying medicine and you know, we don't engage in cannabis research and don't plan to. Like they just feed you those same kind of lies and, and bullshit when you know they're definitely working with it because then they don't want to lose out on, on making money off of their products. So they have oh, yeah. to make the cannabis-related product. They're going to do that. But these studies, it talks about CBDA, which is um, naturally occurring but unstable CBD acid, is a thousand times more potent than CBD in binding to a particular serotonin receptor thought to be responsible for alleviating nausea and anxiety. Wow. Like there's a lot of like think really about this. Cool they're talking studies. about, so they're talking, I found an article. They're talking about the profitability of these antipsychotic drugs, which is they're basically Xanax. They're talking Prozac and they're saying it's a $14.6 billion a year industry. Dude, isn't that fucked up? Fourteen point six billion, huh? And that's the that article was from two thousand and eleven. Can you imagine how much it is now? Damn, it's it's staggering. So the the industry is like the industry that has the market is not going to want to let it up that easily. That's why there's all these roadblocks, I'm sure. And that's why this guy's saying, and I feel bad for him. So here he is. He's he's done his research. And he's proven shit and people just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it because they have other lobbying interests that are saying, nah, fuck this guy. We already have a drug. Why develop a new drug when we already have a drug and it's a drug that's... Yeah, why well, have a drug with no side effects versus a drug that's got 15 different side effects? Exactly. And and I'm sure when they it defend themselves, they're going to say, well, we don't know if it had any side effects because we didn't develop it and blah, blah, blah. We just decided to go a different way, so... It's just bad. Yeah. All bad. hmm Yeah, we got one more final story. So this is interesting. Hemp Banking Protections pass U.S. House as part of the landmark cannabis bill. House lawmakers passed a historic cannabis banking bill Wednesday that also provides a safe harbor for financial institutions serving hemp and hemp-derived CBD businesses. Propon- and this was big. This this was... I saw this on seven different feed, like a bunch of different feeds, like... This is big news, like recently, like yesterday. Yeah, it's been one of the the big issues with any sort of cannabis related business is that you couldn't have a legitimate bank account. So you have to work in cash a lot of times, which, you know, leads to potential for people getting, you know, if criminals know that you're carrying a ton of cash with you, they may hang out side your store when you close and, you know, knock you over the head, which conveniently enough really helps pad those numbers by the politicians that want to keep it illegal saying, Oh, you see how violent crime has increased ever since legalizing marijuana. Well, Yeah. Cause people can't put the fucking money in the bank. They got to just carry cash around. <laughs> it's crazy, right? You're putting, you're putting like a target on people's heads. Like old school drug dealers, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah.
1: That so was like saying, the first
0: time we ever went to a place in Telluride, beautiful little Telluride, Colorado. And we got, the we went to the dispensary and we were like, this all feels too like it was a letdown. I was like, can you can I pay for it here and you you give it to me on the corner? Like I'd feel like I really got some then. Oh no, it was glorious. It was kind of cool. The way it was was perfect. <laughs> so the hemp amendments in the Safe Banking Act which passed 321 to 103 and now heads to the Senate, instruct federal banking regulators to issue guidance to financial institutions confirming the legality of hemp and hemp derived CBD products within 90 days of the enactment of the law. The guidance would include recommended best practices for financial institutions to follow when providing services to hemp related businesses. So they're still trying to figure out if it's going to pass in the Senate or not because it's Republican controlled. But the House bill had strong bipartisan support with 91 Republicans in favor on Wednesday. Yeah. And actually, I'm looking at a Politico article and they're saying it's expected to get traction in the Senate as a banking bill. That's that's really big. Yeah, that's really cool. This is actually has the potential to pass. And once this passes, the regular legalized marijuana of banking is just going to fall right into this. Well, yeah, it, at least it sets a precedent and a structure for it. Right. Cause, um... At least it's something. They haven't been doing it. And this is part of the problem. Like, that's been going on. They haven't been doing what they should be doing, is running the country and setting some of this stuff up. You Too know? many goddamn laws. Yes, that that is obviously... That, to me, is the biggest problem. they just... It's such nonsense. They waste their time with this. So, I live in a local community here where they seem, and we believe, and I'm not going to say it, like, out loud, but they believe there's organizations that want to crush some of the development because they want to control it in my local town and doesn't it become like so i had this conversation with with somebody recently and i was like doesn't it become the charge of the local government to support the local community beyond their special interest right and why would, they were elected was not it to carry out the will of the people not their own particular financial and uh personal belief benefits exactly so it's there at the federal level too so by not actually dealing with the whole marijuana legalization and banking and stuff like that they've been ignoring a huge part of what they should be doing i mean that's their charge is is to take care of this stuff you know i mean yeah you, you got to do it. You got to do yeah, your job. This, this whole thing. Got to prote- do your goddamn job. We're protecting the people. We're protecting the citizens. Like, it's all such bullshit. It yeah. really is. And I think finally we're, we're all doing starting it for your to benefit, realize it. Right? Yeah. I think I think now with the internet and with all the information that's out there, we're all starting to realize how full of shit all these politicians are. Oh, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. It is good to the days are finally, finally start getting some clarity on some of this shit yep all right so with that let's go to ski news it's been weird it's been kind of touch and go the last few weeks there's been certain weeks that had a ton of stuff certain weeks that had not so much stuff and this week was one of those not so much stuff weeks but that's okay we still have a couple of stories here to go through still works it Still works. So the first one we have this is a new movie trailer that just came out from DPS Cinematic. So apparently DPS, besides making skis and wax that you never have to put on more than once,
1: they're now try that coming wax. out
0: with a, a movies too. So their first movie is called Stones Throw. May not be their first movie, but this current one is called Stones Throw, and it features. Dash Long, in association with Ski City, Steo and Tenderbelly, distributed by TGR. And it's coming out on October 8th. Now, this movie, it looks... It's pretty much like Salt Lake City porn. You know, they're talking about, like, how... Like Salt Lake City. Oh, let's just you know. <laughs> eh, no, no, it's, you know what I'm going with here? It's oh, it's I pretty know. much it's pretty much like a Salt Lake City tourism movie because Dude, you. I, I just keep and thinking and you go, when you said Salt Lake City porn. I keep thinking about like going to that. No, no, going yeah. to the the freaking liquor store there and like the shit that was the people that were hanging out there. I was like, I don't want to see any porn in this town. There's definitely a, a it little would bit just of a, be bad. There's a, um, you know, when you get a steak, and you get that one weird like vein of like grizzle. That's kind of like Salt Lake City, you know, like it's kind of nice and wholesome and Mormon. But you get that like that streak of grizzle is there like, in Salt that, Lake City, that too. Dirty part of town. Yeah. But this movie, like it's it's filmed beautifully. And, you know, they don't really tell you exactly where they're filming it, but it's got to be. It looks like Alta or Snowbird uh, for good portions of it. But you look at it, and like I'm watching it, and it makes you go, why the hell isn't Salt Lake City like one of the biggest cities in the country? Because you look at the skiing, you look at the terrain around there, and you just go, my God, this is unbelievable. And every time I go there, I'm like, wait a minute, there's 10 amazing mountains within an hour of here? Like, how awesome is that? That's awesome. Yeah. So... If you've got some pride, some Utah, Salt Lake City pride, you're going to love this movie. If you're someone who is unhappy with where they are because they're not close enough to skiing all the time, this is a movie that's going to get them fired up to either apply for jobs or quit their job and go to that area because that's kind of how I was feeling after watching this. So I'm reading now, so I don't know if you just mentioned it, but it was distributed by TGR. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So I guess they were collaborating with them. It sounds like it. Yeah, it was made by Sweetgrass Productions. Huh, very cool. It's a DPS cinematic film by Sweetgrass Productions distributed by TGR. So there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts going on here. A lot of people in there. And TGR, if you're listening we reached out to you, we got to get in touch with you before the snow show so that we can hang out at the snow show. Let's put it that way. Yes, well, we're going to let you hang out with us. That's right. It's kind of how it is. <laughs> Exactly, because we're gonna have the uh, might be all on the oranges, the orange <laughs> <laughs> uniforms. We're going with the alternate unis, dude. What's, we got it. called the color wave they do in uh colorware. The NFL oh, does they, like this um, um, game. Color, color rush, color rush. Yeah, just one color. the HFSB color rush, bro. <laughs> dude, can you imagine an army of us on mono skis trekking down the mountain? That'd be I, freaking. Terrifying and beautiful at the same it time. It could be Apocalypse No 4. That's, oh, oh, bring it <laughs> back, man. I think we might be able to buy the name Apocalypse Snow. I don't think it's trademarked. I don't I don't think so. It was it was before trademarking was invented, right? Fair use, yep. <laughs> Love that goddamn movie. Awesome. All right. So if you thought Brian was gonna get fired up, uh, I know his buddy Nick got fired up when we were talking about this chatting earlier in the week. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick, um, unofficial networks put out the 50 most affordable ski resorts in North America, according to home to go. I love how affordable um, is in quotes too. Yeah. Quote unquote affordable. It should be in quotes, right? So they went down and they, they created a list of most affordable ski resorts in North America. And they actually, this is what I know Brian loves. He loves the, um, Criteria of how they use their calculations, so it's they're very saying important to know that yeah, so they're saying they examine the cost of ski equipment, lift tickets, food, and accommodations um. Online menus use the the estimates for lunch and the latest ticket pricing and equipment, you know, they did, you know, online searching and they use their own meta search data to find the average price per person to stay in a four person vacation rental for one night between November 17th and April 20th. So that's kind of a 2018 through 2018. So they had their set criteria and the ones that came in, um, Sugar Bowl Resort in California, cheapest rental prices, Mount Hood Snowball in Oregon, uh, cheapest single-day lift tickets, Silver Star Mountain in BC, lowest lunch prices, uh, Missin Ridge area in Washington, cheapest accommodation prices at 43.98 per person per night. I got a hard time believing that's real.: I feel like I have a hard time believing any of this shit is real. And the whole lunch thing, that was the first thing that pissed me off, because, yeah. number one, how do you know what I eat for lunch? exactly like are, they, are, they, are they using like a standard like burger like a the price of oh, a no. burger everywhere i know you it's not a fucking standard burger it's a wagyu beef burger it's goddamn elk <laughs> with, with truffle fucking elk on it like no. there's some shit on there man how it goes down is i shoot the elk before we start skiing <laughs> and they get it all prepped and ready so by the time i go to lunch it's ready <laughs> so to go if you have a rare elk burger at each location and you do the same lunch at every place. Now we're talking apples to apples, right? Wouldn't that wouldn't it be badass if like you could like you had a some sort of resort? Maybe if we buy that place Soldier Mountain out in Idaho, we could have a program where you hunt before you go out skiing. You hunt your breakfast, you hunt your lunch. You dude, get that, it. You got some people they, to prep it for you. You come back for uh, a prayer or lunch. You got your uh, your elk or your bear or your moose ready for you. Dude, I gotta believe you could do that in Jackson. Pretty They're sure. St- there's so many elk horns all over that town of like shit that they killed. I'm like, you got to be able to hunt that thing. Just get up in the morning with a helicopter and start to do go like Ted Nugent style. And start hunting from the, uh, get up hunting early from the in the air. morning, trek through death the, from above. You got, um, no, you got snowshoes and a bow and a crossbow. That's it. You crossbow hunt. You bring it back, drag it through. And then you go skiing of course back country. And then, you know what you do, Right. They close everything down on the mountain except for the Waffle Hut at the top of uh, Corbett's. Corbett's. Ooh. Corbett's Corb- Cabin. Corbett's Cabin. And you have your elk with waffles. Waffle Oh, hut. elk waffles. <sighs> That's what awesome. I'm talking about. That's right. Forget chicken and biscuits, Chicken and waffles. Elk and waffles. Elk and waffles. Yeah. That would hmm. be really good. Yeah. This, like, this whole... Home to go thing really kind of it bugged me in a lot of different ways, and yeah. also too like the whole thing with the uh, the price per night and a lot like, like the rentals. If the you're doing tickets, this, I was looking at the lift ticket prices. I'm like, that's bullshit. Where would they get this from? Who the hell is going to Alta and renting boots, renting equipment? Who's getting a lift ticket for fifty four bucks? Yeah, and All everyone's right, getting I'll... everyone's getting discounted lift tickets no matter where you go. Well, yeah, so you got to have a special lift ticket. So how do they do, even the lift tickets? I don't know. Whistler one hundred one bucks a, a day for a lift ticket. Yeah. I don't know. I got to believe it's more if you go. Th- that's the. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm confused. Whatever. Yeah, I like I'm not this reading list. this anyway. I'm looking at what's the most baller mountain, and then working down from there from what I can afford. So it's nice as like a guide for you to start your search, but. You know, buyer beware. Um, it's nice to look at these. And I think Nick and you are going back and forth and I just observed, but I really <laughs> think you guys, cause I you guys are going pretty good. So I don't want to like jump in on a conversation. I just kind of, I'll throw a little comment once in a while, but I, I, I totally agree with you that um, it's probably funded by home to go They, I don't know, you could pick whatever criteria you want that tells the story that you want it to tell. This being a person that works in i t data analysis, so you tell me what picture you want me to paint, I could paint you that picture, or you yeah. could let me tell you the real picture and you deal with it from there. You know what I'm saying, so you can do it either way, yeah, yeah, this list is stupid, yeah, but it's at least interesting to look at hashtag fake news hashtag yeah. But I do like part of this article, so they do the rankings and I'm kind of like, all right, I'll take those with a grain of salt. But I do like below that they do, they do their top rated, which is okay. But then they go into like family friendly ski resorts. Now I'm like, all right, now I'm a little more interested because a lot of people don't do those, right? So Mm -hmm. they do the top three and then they do like accommodations. So it's kind of cool. How do they they define what is family friendly? It's all fake as long as you find a good deal.
1: It's on like, home there's to go. like,
0: like lack of the least amount of kidnappings, the least amount of molestations. Like, is that part of the family friendly criteria? It's the most amount of family friendliness you can get for the most amount of money on home to go. Like how many, like, do they have a bunch of like mascots walking around? Like, does uh, that dude, part mas- of it? so I tell you, <laughs> so we joke around with Bodhi all the time. Cause he hates mascots. He's like freaked out. Cause he's like, especially the ones As like, he should be. <laughs> And, you know, I agree with them. I'm a little creeped out, too. So, like, if you see somebody like USF has the little bull and little Rocky runs around and all, it's pretty cool. But you see the guy that's like a Spartan with, like, a freak big head that's oh, supposed yeah. to be the human. Jacked up muscles and stuff, yeah. That is pretty freaky. Yeah. I got to say, I agree with him on that one. That Those are the ones that really freak him out. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him for that. But Well, speaking of freaking out and... Expensive, amazing skiing. And having to find out firsthand what this is about. We've been talking about this for, I would say months, but I think it's more like years at this point. It, it is years. The American dream in New Jersey, they are officially announcing that they're going to open up in waves. This ridiculous mall extravaganza, including a the first North American indoor snow park dude this thing gonna have 35 freaking rides roller coasters and stuff there's going to be a 1.5 acre wave pool there's going to be what? shopping restaurants holy shit so it's going to be like action park in it's the middle to, <laughs> it's going to be action park times like the mall of america times wow. mountain creek like it's just going to be now, if you know anything about North Jersey and this area, you're about what five to ten miles outside of New York City in a swamp. It's like opening a wave pool in Manhattan. <laughs> that thing's gonna be fucked it's up. Like one of the most congested, ridiculous areas on the planet. Do you know how many band aids are gonna be in that thing? <laughs> oh, just people wearing <laughs> kids in like dirty, dirty diapers, diapers. Yeah. washing up. <laughs> 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 well, they have so... It's just from the sheer volume of population that's up there. Just, just the numbers you're going to get. You know, if it's wow. like one out of a thousand, it's just going to mm. happen. Instead you of one douchebag, you're going to get 50. <laughs> yeah. So they've announced that they're going to open... In, they're calling them chapters because they're trying to be all, you know, sophisticated yeah. and fancy-like. With chapter one... On to the closing chapter of the, the court case. Chapter 11. That's That's when it closes <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, <we have> to, <laughs> chapter 11 through chapter 13. we got chapter f- 1 through 5 set up. But we all know 11 <laughs> is right around the corner. Click, click. I'm out. That's when they go, ooh, like, a, like the dealer in Atlantic City. Thank I'm you. Out. Good night. <laughs> Done. <laughs> So chapter one the, awesome. is the oh, opening chapter 11. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's fucking awesome. That's classic. I they're think open... that might be the quote for the podcast. Yeah, maybe. going be open. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All those chapters up to chapter 11. October chapter. 25th is going to be chapter one. That's when they're opening <laughs> the, uh, the first shenanigans, the rides, the roller coasters, some SpongeBob thing. But what's more important and why it's in the ski news section is December 5th which is chapter three every day is a snow day so you got santa arriving and the opening of big snow which means you will now be able to ski and snowboard 365 days a year in north new jersey at north america's only indoor real snow park Nice. What do you think about that? So Big Snow promises fun for the family from bunny hill beginners to black diamond experts. Extreme. Private lesson coaching. Extreme. Yeah. Kids camps and some of the many activities available. Big Snow will also feature the shops at Big Snow, an experimental retail environment as well as day passes and rental options. How weird. Would That's going to be there too. Yes, they're making the snow out of marshmallows, so you can actually eat it. So you, you don't want a face plant. you get a mm. mouthful of. Marshmallows. That would be delicious. Goodness. That's not a bad idea, actually. Oh, what's that? Uh, what's that little? Um, it's the little dots. Those oh, dipping the dots. Dippin' dots. Dipping dots. Yeah. Can you imagine the whole mountain of dippin' dots? So you fall and just like just start that shoveling. How many fat kids would you see just like shoveling <laughs> dippin' dots? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not skiing. It's mom. A just a bunch here. of Augustus Gloop's on the mountain. <laughs> Don't eat that. we skiing on it, and like, mm, it's like, "Ooh, it's so good." There's a chocolate. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so horrible, but it's I funny. Just you know, this all sounds so wonderful and adorable on paper. It sounds I, wonderful right now. I cannot, Wait, I cannot envision any anything but a just giant dumpster fire for this whole place. Do they have a? Um, do they have their legal team set up? <laughs> Already. Dude, I, I I just I don't know. Listen, I'm, I'm a I'm Damn. a born and bred New Jerseyan. I know my people. I know we're gonna screw this up. I know this is gonna be terrible. Like, there's mm. no possible way this is gonna be a positive, successful venture. It's you know, it'd be just- awesome. You have the ski through Starbucks on the slope and a ski in, ski out Tiffany and Company. How about that? I I. We could try it. You could ski up, and they were like, "No, I'm not opening the door for you. <laughs> you can't ski in." That would know, be, be so awesome. I love to like imagine like walking in that place with your skis and your boots. Like, wouldn't you feel like the biggest asshole? Oh, middle of summer, just like, what's up, man? I'm gonna go. So, go so ski should a I little. should I bring my pow skis or my front side carving skis when I'm gonna be skiing on the uh, what are they calling it? The <laughs> real know, somebody, snow. <laughs> somebody's gonna be in there at like freaking fatties. Those Fatties. foils, those uh, those fifty thousand dollars Schwarzenegger foil skis, skiing uh, on your your, skiing your fake snow. Arnold should be there the first day skiing on yeah, those. I'm to ski in New Jersey, the best place to ski, number one. Golden Gold- bindings on my <laughs> my foil skis. Yeah, he's going to terminate that. That'd be great. He terminates the mountain. The next turn the movie will take place here. <laughs> I, just, I just want to. I just want to know the projection for Chapter Eleven. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's awesome. That place just has a black cloud over it, and I, it's it's, it's been in development years. for how long? <laughs> for twenty Since years, like now? The, I think ninety six, they got the first permit for it. It was supposed to be open in like ninety two. Back when back when malls mattered. God damn! And now we're talking more than like twenty years. They're gonna finally open. Mm, <laughs> so just, yeah, it's well, just. It's going to be condemned in like one year. They're like, that's ah, too old. <laughs> Nothing. Mm. This, this can't, this structure can't stand. We're gonna have to damn, hepatitis, implode the homo. hepatitis A on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's awesome. I want it to be a success. I want it to be awesome, but I, I want just, it. Yeah. I can't see how it's going to happen. I, I would love can't. to be part of the success. And I'm, um, I love joking about it because it's just been so long and they deserve a lot of joking. Mm -hmm. because it took so long uh but i'm glad to see it open man I, i want it to do good it's if anybody isn't from the new york new jersey metro area connecticut or doesn't know the area uh if you're in the midwest you're in california you're in europe we have fans all over sweden norway england it is like brian said like Five to 10 minutes outside of New York city. They'll probably run shuttle buses there. And it is where the New York giants and the New York jets play every week in, in, you know, football season. So there's a lot of potential for having a lot of cool shit going on there. So I hope it does well. Yeah. We shall see it. it the people, shall are, see. people are going to be around there. And unfortunately that's, what's going to ruin it is people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they have a the horse track there too, right? Do they have? Oh, the, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, gambling at, in there, little slot got, machines. They've got sports gambling there too. Ooh, sports book. See, you can walk across the parking lot, sports book, and then right into the go ski a little bit. Yep. Nice. Take bets on skiing. Ooh, do they have you bet on the people (laughs) so you get races some like back uh, some back alley gambling on different people skiing at the mountain It would be like the Fast and Furious of fucking skiing Better Off Dead too. taking place at the American Dream Mountain Dude, It could be like instead of like you know are you competing for the Super G in the World Cup No, I'm racing for cash at the Meadowlands right now Could happen Right? Just yep. do a little sports book on it and boom. Brian versus whoever. That's it. Brian <laughs> versus. Take on all comers. Right. We're skiing for pinks. Michaela Schifrin, She earned she could earn like everything she earned in like one year, she could earn like two weeks, right? She'd probably like go there and blow out her knee and be oh, like, damn no. you. No, damn, damn it. Then New we'd Jersey. have to implode it. Yeah. Be condemned then. Oof. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll. I just. I, I know this is going to be a flaming dumpster fire on the mountain. But I got my fingers crossed. I hope it's good. We're going to stay positive. And That's you know, we're lot. trying to reach out to the people there and see if they get back to us. <laughs> we would like to be part of the kickoff. Because... If they listen to anything we've said about, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're not going to invite you guys. You've been no, talking I, negatively about our our little fake mountain that we have. You know, they're from the they're from the area and they know we that break balls here. The mall is deserves to get its balls broken but them in the mall i I think it's great i'm glad they're opening up and we want to be invited for the opening and whatever other chapters you have (laughs) pretty pleased with sugar on top exactly and And speaking of being invited and going places being invited you don't have to be invited to go places you just go you just go you just go just go You don't have to be invited to the American Dream. You can just go and ski there. And perhaps you want to go and have a couple beers. Exactly. In Uh. Germany at the end of September. (laughs) Yes. So our main topic today, it is the end of September, which means it's Oktoberfest time. It is. So Mario, you're actually going to be going again. Oktoberfest so, in Germany. So this is where, like, it's funny. Like, i talked talk to Brian i'm like, well, I may be going to Oktoberfest. Then I talked to my girlfriend. I'm like, she's like, no, I took off. And we're going to Oktoberfest. I'm like, okay, but I'm still like, I don't know. I'm a cynical son of a bitch. I'm like, until I land and I step my foot out of the plane and I'm like in Germany, walking down the street, then I believe I'm going to Oktoberfest. So um, yeah, we're talking about going in for the last day of Oktoberfest this year and it's a celebration of beer in Germany and, a harvest. Um, I think sadly, a lot of people don't get the, the reason why Oktoberfest is there. And I know, you know, with your German upbringing, um, and people that I know that are German and being there and knowing actual Germans, uh, it's a very prideful time for them. It's, it's very classical, very historic. And, uh, it's just kind of cool, right? Like it's, it's not just beer and it's not just slamming beers and it's about a festival for, you know, that was set up years ago and, uh, it's just pretty cool. So, so now you've gone there before, so you kind of have an idea of what to expect. Yeah. So I think anybody that's gone there for a day or two, like you get the lay of the land pretty quick. Um, if you look on the map, there is I think they call it Theresienstrasse is the the street that goes or Theresienstrasse or whatever the hell the street is. But it's kind of like this this oval on the map. And that's where all the festival happens. Uh, It's pretty big. It's just to the lower left of the uh, Koenig's plots where the, the big train station is. So if you get to the airport, you take the bus to the train station, walk from the train station. There's a ton of hotels right there. And then boom, you get to this, uh, the, they call it the Teresa vice, which is the Teresa Meadows. And it's basically the, the fairgrounds. And this basically comes from, I guess there was a, what was the King? So King Ludwig married Theresa of Sachs Heidenbergenhausen. Heidenberghausen. Uh, and all the citizens of Munich were invited to attend festivities in front of the, the city gates to celebrate the royal event. And that's where they they carved out this whole Theresa vice, which is and, um Teresa's Meadow in honor of the crown princess. So from then on, it it kind of transformed into like Just a big festival. Then there was like, you know, they started with the beer. And the beer is when they actually started kind of signaling in the, you know, the harvest time and just to highlight some of the beers. And it just took off and it's kind of pretty cool. So So this is the 186th Oktoberfest festival in Munich. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. They estimate, so in 1910, an estimated 120,000 liters of beer were consumed, right? Mm-hmm. So now the modern oktoberfest they always come out, I think I got to go to another site. They have to go to the actual site. But what it consists of, so they have, so it's this outdoor festival. They actually have rides for kids. They have a lot of food outside and then they have beer tents. So there are large tents and there are small tents. And if you're ever going to go to one of these tents, the larger beer producers have the larger tents and those tents usually fit um, anywhere from about five to six to there's one, the biggest one holds about 8,400 people inside. So they call them tents because by law they have to be put up and taken down every year. So they're not permanent structures. They're put up just for the three weeks or so of Oktoberfest and you're talking they call it a tent, but you walk in you're like, "Holy crap, this is amazing so it's sheltered if you're inside uh usually most of them are about six thousand people inside, and then outside, where they have the beer gardens, those are the actual real beer gardens where you're just outside in these little areas um usually about two to two to four thousand people fit out there, so one tent could actually serve probably about Eight or nine or 10,000 people. Jeez. And from what I heard and looking at the list, I think there's supposed to be about, um, I thought there was 12 or 14 big tents. And then the small tents are about, I think somebody was telling me about 2,000 to 1,000. So it's 2,000 inside and 1,000 outside. A um, lot smaller tents, but there's more of those all over the fairground. Uh, fairground opens, I think think it's at 10 o'clock. They have official times posted. So don't quote me, but I think it's like 10, 1030 in the morning. And that's the quote unquote first seating. And then in the afternoon, they have another seating, which is like three in the afternoon or so. Um, and it goes till like 1130 at night, I think. Um, so if you're going to go in, you don't have to have a ticket or anything to go outside. To go inside, that's where if they reach maximum capacity, you have to have a ticket to get in. So they do sell tickets. Um, if it's not crowded, you could just walk in. Um, if it is crowded, then they limit uh, everybody to just who has tickets. And then you might not be able to get in, especially if you go later in the day. If you go early in the day, you got a better chance to get in. Because well, you were saying last time you went, you guys had to get like reservations, right? For the tents? Right. So... Jan. I think it's January 1st or January 10th. It's like right around January. It's right around the new year. Tickets go on sale and you can actually buy tickets to reserve spots at tables in the big tents, right? Um, it doesn't cost that much. I think it's like 20 or $30 per ticket, for a table reservation at a, at a primary table. And then if you want to just get in, those are a lot less and that will guarantee you entrance. Um, You're able to keep those and trade them in for a refund until I think April. Um, And what happens is they start selling out. And then after April, um, what you do is you get a lot of uh, third-party sellers will buy the tickets and then you have to go through them. So when I went last time, my buddy, our buddy John and I went he was going to be in Frankfurt for business. So I was like, yeah, I got frequent flyer miles. I'll use him, go to Munich and meet you out there. And we met out there. And what we had done is we decided like, it was like three weeks before um, we left and Oktoberfest was, I think going to be in the middle of Oktoberfest. So we were like really way past the deadline for getting anything. So we went through some company in the UK that was a third party seller And I think we paid a shit ton of money. It was like 200 Euro to each to get tickets uh, for an inside tent Um, and a whole, and you know, a few other things were included in that. We had a guide, we had a few beers, like we're included in that and food and stuff, but um, we got there and it was like an off day. It was like a Thursday and it wasn't really a busy day. So by us getting the table, there's nobody else at the table. So it was pretty much our table for the whole day. And that's nice. The way it works, uh, courtesy wise, is if you have a a table and it's your table, basically people come up to you and say, Hey, can we sit with you? And you could say yes or no. And they don't look badly on it if you say no. You're just like, No, I don't like you people. Just get drunk with power. You're like, No, be gone with you. No, I'll wait for somebody else to come by. And you could invite people to sit with you. And it's very social, but like a, a strange little setup. Um, and that's for the big table. The other way to do it is if you see seats at a table that are available and and there's only like two of you or three of you, it's pretty easy to just sneak in and be like, Oh, do you mind if we sit there and you just go? And if nobody has it, you just, you sit like they don't have any qualms about filling up. You know, if there's an available seat, it should be taken. Not like in America, we have these space bubbles, which (laughs) we enjoy. And that's why you'll, you know, using urinals... personal space here, don't we? Yeah, using urinals, guys, no. You don't go in the next urinal if there's a... You leave a space between urinals. If you go sit down for lunch and there's a long table to sit at, you leave a space between the group next to you and you sit down. You don't sit belly, you know, you don't buckle right up to, to the next person. Yeah. Or so you to so like, you pretty much take like the furthest possible spot. So it's always like the one end, then the other end, then someone goes in the middle and someone goes between the two middles, you know? Like yes. It's just... And it's inefficient. Like if you look at it, like Very. when you go sit down at a bar, you go in, if you're by yourself, you go in, you're like, I'm not sitting right next to people. I'm going to sit in the middle of them, you know, but, but now you're taking up a middle space, one middle space and you're screwing up maybe, you know, there could have been a uh, party of two next to either side of you if you did it the other way. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, they don't look at it that way. They're like, nope, just, and if you sit there, be prepared for somebody and you leave a little space, be prepared for somebody taking that space. Uh, it's just, that's how it's done. Uh, the big, the big halls, if you're inside, um, I believe a lot of them, you got to buy the beer tickets and the food tickets at a little kiosk um it's kind of like an old, you know festival that you have here where you buy your tickets and then you trade them in for food or or beer whatever it is um if you're outside, I think you pay cash so it's a little different um the food is very ba- well so the the best i'll get to the beer the food is pretty basic you get like whole chickens or half chickens uh sausages pretzels, and that's really it you don't get a whole bunch of other stuff like you'll get a few They're like gluten-free options is no. What if I'm allergic to garlic and what if I'm allergic to this it's, it's you could take what we have or leave it and go Perfect. somewhere else you know Ford. the other thing which I love about it Are there um, vegan options available yeah, yeah well possibly. actually they have a lot of cool salads like Germans love their like pickled salads and a lot of them are vegan but it's like but it's they also have salad, salad that's made of just cold cuts chopped up with vinegar and oil that too um a lot of that but the uh the best part is like when you go in for beer there's no selection of like do you have a beer list or drink list there's no fucking cocktails there's no martini there's There's no no pineapple habanero beers yeah do you have a special yeah the special is oktoberfest beer like you got to remember you're you're going to germany like this is their thing do they have a special like white claw Oktoberfest? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the white claw tent! Can you white imagine claw that? tent at Oktoberfest. Yeah, the Germans like, burn that motherfucker down. The fucking the white Zima claw tent. That Dude. would be like just that would be a revolution would start. Dude, the Zima tent lasted like a day. <laughs> burned it down. Um, but yeah, you go in there. There's no fucking like. Oh, can I have an IPA? Do you have bottles? Like, no, fuck that. We yeah. we serve it in a half moss or a moss. Like, and a moss is a liter, right? It's like. The, the little Stein or the big Stein. So a lot of times you do the little Stein's because the, uh, the beer stays colder, longer depends yeah. how quick you drink. It's got a frosty mug, frosty mug. Um, but they usually have, people are checking their their phones for like the rating on the beers. Ah, uh, so, so basically you go into the, I am guilty tent. of that. I will admit it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not douchey, but I do do it. But the best part is you, you could relax. Cause you walk into the polymer tent, you know what they're going to have polliner. That's it. That's it. And you know what you got? You got Oktoberfest beer that they brew special for Oktoberfest, maybe a Weiss and maybe a Dunkel. And -hmm. that's it a white beer and a dark beer and the Oktoberfest. That's kind of all you're going to get. If maybe they might throw a Heller in there, but usually it's just Oktoberfest beer or nothing. And then sometimes, a lot of times, they'll have a a Weiss. Sometimes they'll have a Dunkel also, but. yeah it's kind of cool and you, you see all ages there's a ton of americans ton of brits that go there so there's a lot of people speaking english um it's pretty shocking to see how drunk some people get even me being like a hard drinker in college like you will be shocked at people that get super hammered there well don't they have a special lawn you go to to go and just kind of so they have these, these berms around like it's kind of these berms around and then it kind of sinks in and that's where all the tents are and on those berms people just pass out and the cops go around with the with, um, first aid people um, with Red Cross, and they go around and check to make sure people aren't dead or dehydrated. <laughs> and they actually have dudes that wear backpacks with hydration, and they'll give people water because they're like, you're too dehydrated. Drink some water. And they, they let them pass out there, and then they wake up, and they go back into Oktoberfest and drink some water. It's crazy. They have their own jail womp womp yeah it's a, it's a big jail and cops go around they're not fucking around they're like they def- diffuse anything going on which is good um but yeah it's cool i mean everybody's wearing their you know a lot of people wear the truck which is the the man's costume which is you know the nice shirt and the, the lederhosen. uh later hosen and the women wear the dirndls the nice little dresses and you'll see like There'll be kids there, like going to do kid stuff. And then inside the tents, it's, you know, young, you know, college-age kids are actually some of the Germans are like, I think 17, 16 and up. They'll go in there like in, in little groups because they're going away to college and they kind of go into that together. Um, and then you'll see older people there just kind of hanging out, all dressed up, you know, usually with the waistcoat and they they're walking in with their with their girl and just hanging out, having a having a little beer, and then enjoying some of the music. And then lately, you know, these Germans love their goddamn matching uniforms, don't they? Yeah, but you know, they go and they enjoy the food and they enjoy having a beer. And a lot of them have that as tradition, and they're very traditional, which is it's kind of cool to see. Uh, yeah. And then after Oktoberfest closes up for the night, then around the whole Oktoberfest area, there's nightclubs that pop up that just start pumping up at like 30, 12 o'clock at night. And dip, they go to dip, like dip, Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, Depp. <laughs> yeah. Now we didn't go to any cause we were just too worn out, but, um, what's, I mean, it's like, if you guys start what like, what time would you guys start drinking when you and John went? So we went for three days. Now the last day we planned, we went to a Bayern Munich, uh, soccer game. Mm-hmm. So that day was already carved out. So we had two days to do stuff. Now, one of those days was the day we flew in, now, I got like three hours of sleep because I didn't sleep on the plane. Took an hour and a half nap before John got to the hotel. And then we went out right from there. And we lasted probably till about 12 o'clock at night. And then I was just ready to fall asleep anywhere. I had to get mm-hmm. back. Uh, the next day we went, uh, walked around town. So that was, we didn't even go to Oktoberfest till about, I think, 4 o'clock, 3, 4 o'clock. Uh, the next day we... Roamed around town, actually did some sightseeing around Munich, which is kind of cool. So the residents, the Glockenspiel, like went to the Hofbrauhaus to eat something. So Augustiner. Um, So you get to see like the little local historical thing. And then we went, said, all right, let's uh, suit up and we'll go into uh, Oktoberfest again. Went in around four o'clock, sat outside, met a bunch of people, hung out. It was pretty fun. Um, actually had a really good time then too. So everybody's so... Just they're nicer, let's put it that way. The Germans, the actual Germans, are nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just run into so many people. I ran into so many people from New Jersey and New York. I was like, What the <laughs> fuck, you know, is this weird? You're so like, Hey, you're gonna go ski at that uh American Dream when it opens next year. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they got forget these. About it. I'm gonna be there, forget about it. So it was pretty cool. Uh, there's some stories that came out from Oktoberfest recently. Uh, put them in the show notes. Brian. Um, but it was the Atlantic did, uh, some photos, uh, for Oktoberfest this year already, cause it just opened up this weekend and it's closing next weekend. So I think it runs for about two weeks, maybe we, uh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. Um, so they're saying 6 million visitors are expected. Isn't that crazy? Wow. 6 million, huh? over two weeks. Um, and they're saying Oktoberfest beer this year. And this is a big deal. Like Germans will get pissed off over this. It, it like, it's like a, a, the price of gas. They're like an Oktoberfest beer this year, a one liter is 1299. Ameri- uh, 1299 American eleven eleven eighty euros. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they show, you know, opening Oktoberfest, bunch of people with their stuff. Uh, let me tell you, if you do go there and all you're doing is Oktoberfest, one or two days is good. I think I've said this before. So that's why we're planning to do the one day, just boom, in and out. Um, I don't think we'll be sightseeing a lot of Munich. We may, um, but, you know, we'll see Oktoberfest. And then if you have more days, you, you got to fill it up with like some sightseeing because there's so much cool stuff to see. Uh, but John, when I went with him, was reserved about wearing the truck, you know, later hosing and the hat and all that shit. He's like, I, don't know, I feel like an asshole. I feel like I'm wearing a costume. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. We get out and then we walk around town for about we were walking for like maybe 20 minutes and he's like, Oh, I'm glad I wore this because everybody's wearing like you'll see so many people wearing all that stuff. You might feel stupid as an American, but I tell you, once you're there, and you're walking around a little bit, You're like, yeah, this isn't bad. This is all right. I want to look like all these other assholes. I know, yeah. Brian. You got to come with us, man. I gotta tell you, I jump on a flight. I don't. I I and stuff. I changes don't feel every like year. I need to go to. I don't. There's nothing that's making me go. Oh my god, I have to go to Oktoberfest. I don't know. I just. Yeah, I, I would say it's just cool around to a see one other drunks anywhere. You know, I well, can. Even if you don't do the drunk thing, just to see it, have a beer or two, like you go in the day. Like if you don't want to deal with all the drunk assholes, just go in the day a little bit, hang out, and then kinda see the music, have some food, hang out, and then walk around Munich. It's kind of cool. You so know, just seems like a lot of traveling for yeah. that. And they have like some big rides there and stuff, but uh I don't I don't know about going to the like if I had unlimited vacation, sure. I'd go there and hang out a bit. It just I don't yeah. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem super appealing to me. Maybe I'm just coming here, like a crotchety old man. I don't know what it is. Well, it's cool. They show the picture. If you're looking at that slideshow, they show the picture of the Hofbrau tent, um, inside, and it has like hops hanging from the ceiling, like hop chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. This is a freaking tent, and they got like chandeliers, a big stage with like all the stuff. People Was sitting at the tables. Yes, 16. Yeah, so crazy. It's cool. Well, and in anything, you're gonna get crazy people. And there's some weird shit that gets done. So uh House is known for this. Um, and we went like so we met the guide. So we went that first day with the guide. They took us in and we were talking to her, and um, she was pretty cool. And we went back the next day and she actually gave us tickets to get into another place and they were walking around with her. She was actually showing us some of the other tents, and um We went to the House, and while we were there some dudes stood up on the table and we're like what the hell is that about because everybody started cheering him she's like well if you put at least one foot on the table i think it was you don't have to stand on it but you put one foot up and you stand up that means you're going to drink your entire rest of your beer (laughs) so this dude stood up and he had like a full liter pitcher you know and that's the the mug they give you the big ass and it was probably about three quarters full And i tell you what he did the whole thing and everybody's like yay and i'm like he's gonna hurl so bad after but uh it was kind of cool it just gets a little crazy and you get so half house is known for being a little bit more of a crazy tent Augustiner a little bit lower key we went to polliners like the classic so every tent has its little mojo it depends what kind of beer you like too so uh keep that in mind uh if you look at slide 18 on that they're showing what we called puke hill yeah and people are just passed out they take a nap out there and then they wake up and then they go back in or their buddies wake them up they're like oh let's put them out there they put them out there and nobody's mugging them (laughs) it's like timeout. it's just fucking people laying down they just take a nap (laughs) (laughs) they're just fucking hammered taking a nap hit the reset button get back in there that's crazy. That's awesome. And then, you know, they, they have Oompa bands and they have like traditional dancers and some people like you'll see wearing like some of the traditional. So I got my hosen from uh from Amazon, like Amazon Prime delivered that shit. Um, and it was good. But then you see some of the the legit stuff and it's like, wow, this is like heirloom, like lederhosen, like a passed like the down guy like, like they killed the deer that they made the hosen out of, like 95 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, uh, and then, uh, there's another article they're talking about. So, the German, a German court ruled that hangovers are an illness. And they did this, um, Monday, which is just after Oktoberfest started. (laughs) And they're saying, (laughs) um, uh, Advertising is its products as such and the court is unlawful They're saying the manufacturer of the alleged hangover cure was not named in the drug ruling so they're saying like um, the definition of an illness is even a small or temporary disruptions of the body's normal functioning which includes the symptoms of a hangover nausea, fatigue, headaches and dizziness so I think it's pretty funny that they did that good timing for that yeah good timing, they timed it right um, and then they have in America, like there's a lot of places doing it. So, um, there's a brewery here, Crooked Thumb. They're actually doing this weekend, I think they're doing starting tomorrow. They're doing their fest And they're just doing I think they're doing one weekend. I don't know if they're doing two. Um, but I would imagine a lot of breweries around. Look for your local brewery. Um, look for your local area. I know out by you, where where do we go that one time? It was really big. It was um Bear Mountain. Old DePan. Oh, Bear uh, Mountain's pretty good. Old Japan has a really good one. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's like our Freemason run one, but it was legit. It even had uh labakusin. Oh, wow. They Lebercase. had the labicase, which it you know, there's some weird things that you might find. Yeah, uh, you yeah, it's you know, I wouldn't eat that anywhere outside of Germany. I yeah, we had it somewhere in New Jersey and it was terrible. Well, a lot of stuff you, you got to make sure it will be brought in, like it'll be flown in or whatever. But, yeah. um, labor case is like it's like a meat loaf, With but it's liver. like a bologna meatloaf. Yeah. Um, not bad, but they give you a big thick thing on a bun. And then even the sausages, like if they don't bring them in from Germany, you know, it's different, you know, but I guess part of it is, so there's, there's a lot of, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Some people, it means drinking a shitload of beer to get, you get, you know, Blind from drunkenness and puking, some people it means having really good food, like German food. some people it means the food, you know the music and the atmosphere, so whatever i get out of it um there's places even local to enjoy it, so I would say explore and enjoy, yeah, a lot of ski resorts have their their big October fest going on now too I think uh this weekend yeah. hunter too right has a big one yeah, I mean all over I know in, uh I think Breckenridge had a big one. I think there's a big one out in Park City. Nice. So yeah, the big ski resorts are definitely getting on board for this too. And you know, again, it's, it's fun. It's cool. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I can't wait to hear about your, your tales. Cause you always have some interesting stories when you get back. So, yeah. so if you want to give like a top three, just recommendations to people, if they were to go to Germany for this, what would they be? Uh, if, recommendations of where to go or to do. Well, just like the things they should do like so would you say like wait get the get the uniform yes definitely get the uniform and if you don't get the uniform don't panic because it's kind of like the um halloween pop-ups in the us on every corner almost you will see they have you can buy your durando which is the um the woman's woman's dress, dress, you can buy your later hose and your whole truck, you could buy it there. And they have changing rooms and they're pretty cheap, like they're reasonable. So don't worry about it, you could buy them actually while you're walking into Oktoberfest. You could buy your whole little outfit. Um, If you wanna buy it through Amazon, there's also a bunch of retailers. If you look at oktoberfest.de, there's a retailer there, which I think might be the one that sold through Amazon. Um, it's like an official German thing and they they sell a pretty good quality one, uh, similar to what you would get on those little uh pop-up shops that are there. Um I would definitely plan on being strategic with where you're gonna stay. So if you look at the railway station, wherever you if you come in by rail or you come in by um flight. Lufthansa runs a shuttle that goes from the airport right to the rail station and between the rail station and the Oktoberfest site, there's tons of hotels and it's really not a far walk. Like if you're in downtown Munich or you go to the uh, Oktoberfest thing, you're talking about from end to end, maybe a 15, 20 minute walk. Not too bad. Okay. Um, They do have cabs around, but you got to watch out. Uh, I'd be careful. So the cabs now... Uh, It used to be the cabs took you to strip clubs, especially if you were drunk. You would get in (laughs) and they would stop at a strip club and say, Hey, here you go. Because they get paid by the strip uh, clubs, right? To uh, drop people off there. Yeah. Right. So they get in trouble for doing it from a few years back. But now the latest thing I saw online is they're trying to take you to brothels and drop you off there. So just be careful if you do a cab be just be very specific with them i want to go to this i don't want to stop i don't want to go to anywhere else i want to go to this fucking place because i got mad at the guy and he actually didn't wasn't going to charge me for the for the thing he actually brought me to a uh, a strip club i'm like dude i don't i don't want to go here i want to go to my hotel so i got really pissed at him and he's like oh okay i'll take you there i'm not going to charge you because they can get in really bad trouble so i paid him anyway for the fare, and i was like just just leave me alone <laughs> Um. MC yeah, yeah, reser- reservations too. Reservations um at yeah, the tents? You know, Reservations at the tents so if you're a small group, then if you're like one or two people, maybe three people, you could probably squeeze into a lot of places. They actually recommend that you don't have to worry about it. If you want the full experience of getting a um a seat at a table uh and you didn't book anything, there's a, a bunch of resellers that are listed on the Oktoberfest.de site, and they're actually legit. We actually went through one out of the UK. I forgot the name of them. Uh, if you if you're really interested, and you want those details, DM us from Instagram, uh, or send us a mail at contact at skibumpodcast.com. We'll I'll be able to get back to you and let you know the exact company we use because they were great. They were expensive, but you know, for a once a lifetime thing, that was kind of cool. Uh, I think this time we're gonna wing it because we're there for a day. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I figured two of you too. So that'll make it easier, right? Yeah. It's just two of us. And she's a, she's a pretty good world traveler. So, uh, I think we'll be good. We'll sneak into where we can. And if we have to, we'll, we'll figure out something with tickets. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, just plan on plan on doing that in terms of knowing German, it helps, but uh, everybody speaks feels English. English. Yeah. It shouldn't be a yeah. big of a deal. Um, and have fun, you know, just be careful. Watch out for you. Je- if you get separated and you're hammered, you're going to have a hard time finding each other. So plan on that. Either stay together all the time, including if somebody has to go to the bathroom, just all go together. Um, mm, if you go with a, yeah, if you go with a larger group, make sure you have a buddy system where people are at least paired off watching each other. Um, huh. I don't think there's a lot of crime. It's pretty, pretty safe from what I saw. I mean, there's a big police presence and they don't want it to be a shit show because it is a big international thing. Um, but there's a lot of just, you know, people being drunk ass drunks, you know, um, yeah. drunk. there's open container. So the one thing I didn't realize until day three was, Hey, you know, there's no open can- container law. You can have, you can drink everywhere glass bottles. They don't care Just anywhere you, walk around have a beer nice enjoy that well that was a ton of information so Mario thank you very much Um, so yeah if everyone needs information like Mario said contact at skibumpodcast.com or skibumpodcast at gmail.com and we'll hook you up with some more info under the ropes first off Nestle launching luxury Kit Kat bars but they are not cheap Swiss giant Nestle has announced a luxury handcrafted version of the popular chocolate bar for the UK just in time for Christmas season. The opulent eight finger bar allows customers to choose from 1500 flavor combinations and what? also feature personalized packaging. The wow. Kit Kat chocolatory isn't cheap though. Each bar will set you back $17 or 14 pounds. Wow. As well as mixing and matching flavors, customers will be able to opt for British classics like Et Mess, Cherry Bakewell, and Earl Grey. Wow. Whiskey and ginger bars are also available as the flavor the company doesn't describe but calls jewels of the east. Hmm. So this is this is kind of crazy. I've always been a fan of the Kit Kat, probably I love if I, Kit Kats. If I had to choose a, a, I'm not a big candy person. I don't like to eat it too much, but if I were, that's that or like Reese's peanut butter cups are kind of my go to. Hmm. So the idea yeah. of making these custom Kit Kats is pretty awesome. See, but here's where it goes weird for me, right? So once you start playing around too much with it, it stops being a Kit Kat. Exactly. Yeah. It's a whole new thing then. Yeah let talking about like using like Ruby cocoa beans. And, you know, if you're adding like fruit to it, like it should really be, you know, I'll give you, if you want to go dark chocolate, white chocolate, got no problem with that, you know? But yeah, once you start adding different flavors, it's just a whole new thing. It's a different thing. It's not a Kit Kat anymore. It's like, you yeah. know, it's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I don't but know. I got you throw a couple nuts on there. I can get behind that. You know, you add a couple of different little, it's gotta be that like chocolate family though. Once you start, I mean, what if you put caramel in there? I mean, when does it become a Twix? Exactly. You, know, you put caramel and some other stuff. It's the like- candy bar. The candy bar world. There's so many different of like you know variations of almost the same thing. That yeah. I mean, you're just using your name at that point, using the power of the brand that is KitKat. I mean, it's nice for a present. You could be like, "Oh, cool! I got you this special thing." I mean, that's is there a marshmallow and white claw KitKat bar available? Is what I want to know. <sighs> isn't there that'd be awesome <laughs> well didn't you say you went to like um bed bath and beyond or something and you got like because they have the international ones and you got like an asian flavor wasn't it like a ginger ginger ale kitkat or something like that yeah that was a, that actually i think that was in chinatown in new york Okay. yeah they just had like a ginger ale flavor kitkat and it was <laughs> pretty gross i gotta be honest it takes a, like fake ginger Ah, oh, and that's not a good Kit Kat for you. That that didn't meet but the they, Kit Kat classification they, for you, right? They sell those normally in I forget if, I think it was Japan. Like that's just like a normal flavor of Kit Kat for them. And they have coconut penis flavor, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. That's that's probably the second best seller to the original flavor. Coconut penis. <laughs> I don't like that. When did they put coconut in it? Why do they gotta ruin a good thing? Coconut it, can work, but uh, mixed with penis, I don't know. Maybe that's, wasn't regular penis okay and they got a coconut to this? It's It's been delicious for hundreds of thousands of years. Why would you mess with the flavor now? Exactly. You know? Damn. So that's pretty cool. They're doing like, I wonder if other companies are going to do this oh, too. They're going to do like custom Reese's and you can put like marshmallow inside there or like, you know, kumquat paste. Like it just, it just destroys the integrity of the original product. Well, have you been to the m and M store in the city? No, I have not. I never will go ever, I assure <sighs> you. Like I went because we went and, you know, Bodhi wanted to go, so we're like, all right, let's, let's, let's go down there. And it was kind of like, it's all M&M's, but then they have separate color M&M's. And then they have, you know, they have a few different flavor M&M's. And I'm like, okay, they didn't go too crazy. So I was okay with it, but I was like... They all still taste like goddamn M&M's. End of the day it's chocolate with a candy shell. It's, shitty chocolate with a shitty candy shell. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So but hey, it's amazing how much they can market the shit out of it and change it. But uh Merka. Merka. <laughs> Gotta murk it up. All right, Mario. Let's finish it off for the week. All right. This so is goddamn as hell. I know this would creep you out. This is why I put it in there. Cause I the, hate this. So Boston Dynamics. Did the link work for you? Because I got a new link. No, it didn't work. All right. I'll send you the other link, but I put it in the, I'll update it on the, uh, on the okay. show notes. Uh, I'm sending it to you now. Cause this is yeah, going to terrify I your the, dreams. I saw the video before. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sending it to you. So you can look again. It is mm-hmm. terrifying to the, to the nth degree. So it is kind of cool. So they have Boston dynamics. So they're the makers of that freaky robot from black mirror. Uh, the dog robot that basically they go rogue and kill every, every human. um, so they actually um have a robot with a gymnastics routine and if you watch the video like it's not as you think it's going to be creepy and brutal but it's actually like very like well done and delicate and it's like creepy to think that they're getting to that level of being able to do these like movements and the thing does like a backflip it does a, a whole bunch of stuff and like you know, does like the gymnast, like waiting for the scores, like you know, landing the the jump yeah, and everything, yeah. uh, and and does like you know rolls, and I was like, holy crap, it's pretty wild. If you think about putting this together with all the other creepy shit, and it's funny they have, they have the whole thing of Boston Dynamics, and you can see all the ones that they built. So they have this one called like the Hog, and and another one called you know they have two different types of dogs. Um, They have the one that runs the cheetah, um, which ran, I think it was like over 30 miles an hour and they have a new one that runs, I think it's the size of a horse and it runs about 20 miles an hour and you can't push it over. So like people run up to it and they try to push it over. They can't do it. Um, it's creepy to think because these are going to be, if they're not ready for the battlefield, they will be soon. They're just so. getting started with these things too. You know, this is just the beginning of what they're going to have the capabilities to do. It's creepy. Clone Wars is, is really going to happen. It's looking that way, right? This is I mean, robot wars, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, this they're, thing they're showing gymnastics. Us like, Yeah, the happy, the happy fun things that it's doing, but yeah, imagine like this thing rolling into your house, doing some somersaults and just whooping a your machine ass. gun. Yeah. Just, just just whooping your ass in a wholesale fashion. Like, and there's nothing you can do. Like, what are you gonna do? God damn thing. So I thought the video the video I know is a little bit chilling, especially to Brian, because I know you got freaked out by that dog thing where it's opening the doors and oh, shit. The, the dog thing was just too creepy. Um if you look at, at all those looks human-ish, you know, it looks it's almost a little a little nicer because it does because you know we we always try to find our own shapes and looks and everything you know and all sort of animals that anthropomorphize things to look like humans this thing it's it it seems so much less creepy than the dogs yeah well the dogs are creepy because they don't have a head they just basically it's like if the dog's head was cut off at where the neck meets the torso Mm -hmm. that would be the dog and it's kind of creepy because it's like a headless dog running around doing crazy shit yeah yeah yeah. And it's always like you watch these things and you're like, Oh, I can't do a backflip. This can do a backflip. It's like, "Uh Oh, now we're in trouble. Like once it starts doing things that you can't do, that's when, you know, there's a problem, man, it's crazy. But you know what? like, you want, know, I'm not, I've, I was, I used to get pissed off and worried about this. Oh, they call it I spot. Know. That's the one you don't like. You're like, that's yeah, fucking fuck creepy. spot. Fuck spot. One, it's trademark. There's going to be a company. How do you trademark spot? I don't know. It's, it's bullshit, so spot with a little R, which is um we'll think about this. They have these companies that are coming up with these robots. There's definitely going to be the counter company that has like a device that you just keep on your hand that can just like shut that whole system down. <laughs> you, you hope. Know? Uh, no I know that's just the way it's going to be there's going to be you're going to have like a, a glove you wear or a gauntlet on your wrist that just once that animal gets up to you it just shuts its whole system down until, just neutralizes it until the robots change their internal code we, we all saw the Incredibles <laughs> you know how it goes they always change it up based on the uh, the last attack they have this little one I forgot what it's called I saw it on the, on the other on the one that's on Instagram Um it's, it's tiny It's like the size of like a Frisbee, like a round. And it jumps in the air. Like you jump from the, from the ground up to a roof. Fucking creepy too. It's (laughs) fucking creepy too. It looks all cute and shit. And then you see like, oh yeah, that thing can launch itself to jump up to like a roof. And it's like more surveillance stuff. And then they have another one that like, can climb up and down stuff. And I guess it's good when you talk about using this stuff for like, you know, moon landings or throwing out to Mars and see what's out there. They always give you the nonsense examples of what they're going to use them for. <laughs> they're not using to enslave the entire population. Exactly. But you think about like, Oh, this is what's going to like come like zooming in to invade a whole fucking city and take it over. Yeah. Crazy, man. We all Damn know how crazy. this is going to end to between that and the drones that go in a swarm now, like I'm freaked out. You see the video of the guy in in jail. The there was the drone that delivered the drugs. Oh really? Oh my God! It's like the prison camera footage. You get see a guy look already. up, and the drone like he's like uh, just a bag drops in. The guy like goes and like grabs it, and like tries to play all cool, like <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, you got to look for that drone delivers drugs to jail. Jail Amazon drone delivery. There it is. I knew they were gonna do it. Only a matter awesome. of time, dude. I I don't know how El Chapo's still in jail. Isn't he dead? Oh, is he? Maybe that's they they Chapo.
1: I oh yeah, I'm watching
0: this. I'm watching this thing now. The video. Yeah. Dude's in the yard playing the playing cornhole. He's like hanging out. I was like, what the hell's that up there? Oh no, El Chapo is still alive. I don't know why I thought he was dead. He's worth fourteen billion dollars. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, that's a f- it's called it's called hustle. It's hustle, man. It's called goddamn hustling. Well, he was in the city for a while, right? Probably trial. Yeah. yeah they, have that, they have that big facility that they say is just like brutal because it's all stone. And it's like it's cold at night, warm in the day. And it's just like there's no way in or out. Like it's pretty bad. Damn. They use it for a lot of people awaiting like um,
1: murder trial
0: or something. Yeah. Yeah, federal trial or New York trial or something. Is, that, is this a Dave Chappelle? Not really. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're ending on that not-so-happy note, but thank you so much for listening. Mario, hopefully, uh, I think we are podcast before Oktoberfest, but if somebody yeah. sneak out early, have a great time. But I think we will be on once yeah. more before. We should podcast once more, so... Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please check us out, skibonepodcast.com. The new site or the revised site is out there. Hit us up on the socials, Podcast uh, at Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are on your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe to us there. Rate us if you could. If you want to hit us up, skibonepodcast at gmail.com or also DM us on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with us. We have the shop on the website. Sign up for the newsletter, follow us, and find out where we're going to be. We'll be out in your local area. Hopefully. And we have that event October 18th. More info on the site. So please, if you want to come, RSVP, check it out. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay high, stay blue. See, you. See you.